The Lord reigns. He is clothed with majesty. The Lord is clothed. He has girded himself with strength. Surely the world is established so that it cannot be moved. Your throne is established from of old. You are from everlasting. The floods have lifted up, O Lord. The floods have lifted up their voice. The floods lift up their waves. The Lord on high is mightier than the noise of many waters, than the mighty waves of the sea. Your testimonies are very sure. Holiness adorns your house, O Lord, forever. So in one of my study Bibles, um, this psalm is simply entitled, The Lord Reigns. Or in another one, it's given the title, The Eternal Reign of the Lord. And this is a psalm. Psalm 93 is a psalm which speaks to all who read it concerning the eternal, the everlasting reign of Almighty God, the Lord of all creation. Let me give it for you, uh, give it to you in a different, more modern translation, just to give it a slightly different flavor. The eternal reigns, clothed in majesty. He is dressed in power. He has surrounded himself with strength. He has established the world, and it will never be toppled. Your throne was established from the beginning of the world, O God, and you are everlasting. The waters have risen, O eternal one. The sound of pounding waves is deafening. The waters have roared with power. More powerful than the thunder of mighty rivers, more powerful than the mighty waves in the ocean is the eternal on high. Your teachings are true. Your decrees are true. Sacredness adorns your house, O eternal one, forevermore. Church, isn't that just wonderful, that Psalm, Psalm 93? It's a powerful and an awesome description of who our God and our Savior is. And this is a song, this is a psalm that speaks of the majesty, the strength, the sovereignty, and the power of our God, the Lord Yahweh. And David begins this short psalm with two words, the Lord, in the emphatic position. And David is emphasizing for those who would read and hear this psalm and study this psalm and be blessed by this psalm, that it is about the Lord God, Jehovah. Okay, we say Jehovah. There is no ambiguity as to who David is writing about. There's no other deity who fits this exact description that David will give us. There's no other option as to whom David is speaking of. And we will see clearly this evening as we read through the psalm who David is trying to tell us about. And in the Hebrew, this first phrase is Yahweh Melech, Yahweh Melech, which is simply translated as Jehovah or Yahweh reigns. Jehovah or Yahweh reigns. Next slide. Okay, and its root comes from the self-existent or eternal. Okay, that's the root where this word comes from, the self-existent or eternal. This is why the more modern version that we read has the phrase as this, the eternal reigns clothed in majesty. Jehovah, Yahweh is the eternal one. He is the self existing one. Okay. Next one, Cameron. Okay. So this is a theocratic psalm, as are the seven that follow after. So these psalms and these songs from Psalm 93 to Psalm 99 speak of the Lord's kingship, his rule and reign, and they are a delight to read and study. 
for there's much beauty and much truth to be found in their words and phrases. Please take an evening to read them or take an afternoon to read them, and I promise you will be blessed by them. Psalm 94 speaks of the Lord as the judge of the earth. Psalm 95 brings out for us the glorious truth of the Lord being a great God and the king over all gods. Psalm 96 then tells us that the Lord made the heavens and that honor and majesty are always before him, that strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. Psalm 97 speaks of the Lord being high above all the earth and that he is exalted above all gods. Psalm 98 speaks of his mighty hand, his holy arm, which, have bought, which both have brought him victory and of the marvelous things that he has done. And then Psalm 99 gives us the glorious truth that our God is great in Zion and he is high, he is high above all people. And it also exhorts all people to exalt the Lord your God, worship at his footstool and at his holy hill. Why? Well, the psalm finishes by saying, because he is holy, for the Lord our God is holy. And all of these psalms, 93 to 99, speak of and give us the glorious truth that the Lord God, the self-existing, the eternal, the everlasting one, rules and reigns over all for eternity. And in Psalm 93, the one we're looking at this evening, the author, David, gives us five indicators, five indicators that he can only be speaking of the one true God of Israel, Yahweh, Yehovah, the eternal one. He can't be speaking of another. Of that, we can be sure. Next slide, Cameron, thank you. He speaks of a God who reigns, firstly, gloriously, who reigns powerfully, who, he shows us a God who reigns eternally. He writes of a God who reigns triumphantly. And he shares with us the truth, the wonderful truth, that this is a God who reigns truthfully. You see, David pens this beautiful psalm concerning his God who reigns gloriously, powerfully, eternally, triumphantly, and in truth and in holiness. And his God, church, his God is our God. And our God never changes our God is the same as he was all those years ago when David wrote this wonderful psalm. God has not changed. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He still reigns in glory. He still rules in power. He is still the eternal one who is over all. He is still the God who sits on his throne in triumph, and he is still a God who reigns in truth and holiness. Well, what does it mean to reign? What does it mean to rule? Well, in the dictionary, it gives us this example. To reign, to possess or exercise sovereign rule, sovereign power, sorry, which is rule. To hold office as chief of state, although possessing little governing power. Number two, to exercise authority in the manner of a monarch. I think that one fits with our description tonight. And number three, to be predominant or prevalent. There's, a, there's many other words that share a close connection with reign. Dominance, dominion, preeminence, sovereignty, supremacy, and ascendancy. And we hear all these terms in, uh, when referring to monarchs or kings or queens. And that's what God is. He is the king overall. And what about to rule? We've looked at to reign, but to rule is to exercise supreme authority or to be first in importance or prominence. It is to predominate. 
And some of the words that we associate with rule might be captain, command, control, govern, or preside. Okay, and all these words, dominion, sovereignty, supremacy, command, control, govern. We all know that when we speak of a monarch or someone who rules and reigns over a a nation or a dominion, we can associate these words with them. And we can associate them with God this evening. With these definitions, we can begin to get a picture of what David was trying to say when writing this wonderful psalm, filled with the glorious truth of who this eternal and self-existing Lord is. Church, the Lord reigns. David got it right. The Lord reigns. Firstly, he reigns gloriously. He reigns gloriously. The Lord reigns. He is clothed with majesty. I love how the New Living Translation has this. The Lord is king. He is robed in majesty. Could that be any clearer for us? The Lord is king. He is the king. No one else. He alone rules and reigns as king. He has ascended the throne and he is taking counsel. And from there, he rules and reigns and his decrees are final. All of these meanings are wrapped up in the word translated here as reigns and king. You see, there's no ambiguity, as I have said. The Lord rules and he reigns. The matter is settled in heaven and on the earth. There's no debate to be had. There's no conversation to be had. It is settled once and for all. For David, way back then, and for us today, David writes that the Lord God, Yahweh, Yehovah, rules and reigns, and he is clothed in majesty. You know, majesty speaks of excellent things. Majesty, think about something that's majestic. It's excellent. And that's precisely what this Hebrew word means, excellent things. The Lord is clothed with excellent things. He is robed, he is wrapped around in the majestic. What's David saying here in this wonderful song, in this beautiful psalm? He's saying the Lord... Yahweh is robed in sovereign power. The Lord Yahweh is robed in all authority. The Lord Yahweh, the self-existing one, the eternal one, is robed in dignity. David is stating plainly in this song of worship that his Lord and his God is clothed in kingliness, royalty, and stateliness. I love all of those words and those descriptions. David is trying to paint for us a picture of the one true God seated on his throne. No wonder can you see him in your mind's eye, seated on his throne, robed in sovereign power, robed in authority, robed in dignity. What a beautiful picture of who the Lord God is. The Lord reigns gloriously. And secondly, he reigns powerfully. Verse one continues like this. The Lord reigns. He is clothed with majesty. The Lord is clothed. He has girded himself with strength. Surely the world is established so that it cannot be moved. See, church, the Lord is clothed not only with the majestic, with excellent things, but he is clothed with strength. And here we discover that he has clothed himself with these two wonderful characteristics. David also proclaims that the world is also established and it cannot be moved. No one can move the world. The New Living has this part of the verse like this. Indeed, the Lord is robed in majesty and armed with strength. You see a picture of the Lord on his throne, robed in majesty and his armor is strength. 
The world stands firm and cannot be shaken. Strength is O's. That's the Hebrew word O's. And it means strength in various applications. It can mean force. It can mean security. It can mean majesty. And it means praise. David is stating plainly and clearly here that the Lord is clothed, wrapped around with majesty and wrapped around with all strength. And and I keep using that word wrapped. And the truth is the word robed here means to be properly wrapped around. The Lord is wrapped all around with that majesty and that strength. And we find that he himself has done this. No one else has the power or the authority to give these things, these characteristics to God or to take them from him. Because the Lord is God, the one true God, the almighty, the eternal, the always self-existing Lord of all. He has all authority and he is sovereign over all. And he has chosen to clothe himself, to wrap himself fully in majesty and in strength. Church, the Lord reigns gloriously. He reigns powerfully and he reigns thirdly, eternally. He reigns eternally. David continues in the next verse and in his next phrase in this wonderful psalm. Your throne is established from of old. You are everlasting. The new living below there has. Your throne, O Lord, has stood from time immemorial. You yourself are from everlasting past. And the contemporary English version that you can see on the screen, you have always ruled and you are eternal. Lord, you have always ruled and you are the eternal one. Three different translations, all proclaiming the same truth, the truth that David penned thousands of years ago. And this line of this wonderful song of praise tells us that the Lord reigns eternally on his throne, on his seat, on his heavenly stool. This throne is established of old. It has stood from time immemorial. The Lord God has always ruled. The Lord Almighty is from everlasting past. Before anything was ever created, the Lord Yahweh, Jehovah Melech, ruled and reigned. He has always been king over all, and he will always be king over all. Church, his throne is like no other. It's everlasting, it's eternal. Thrones on this earth come and go, but his throne is everlasting and it's eternal. It has no beginning and it will have no end. He will be king forever. I looked up some definitions of eternal and I love these. Listen to the truth of what David was saying here in this psalm. To be eternal is to be everlasting. It's to continue for a long time or indefinitely. To be eternal I love this, is to continue without intermission. It's perpetual. It's continuing forever. It's valid for a long time and occurring continually. God's power occurs continually. It's perpetual. And he continues his throne, his reign, his governance continues without intermission. To be eternal is to be valid or existing at all times. It's to be timeless Church, if there's one person in this world that's timeless, it's the Lord. He has no beginning or no end. And being eternal is not being restricted to a particular time or date, not affected by time to be ageless. Our God is ageless. He's not affected by time. He, He doesn't go by time or date. He lives outside of time. 
And all of these wonderful things, characteristics and words and descriptions apply to the Lord God. He's timeless. He's continual without intermission. He's ageless. He's perpetual and continual. Church, he is everlasting. I think I have made my point. Because his throne, it knows no time limit. His reign has no time limitations upon it. His rule is not affected by time in any way because his throne is ageless, it's perpetual, and it is eternal. Church, he's always been on the throne and he always will be. He reigns in glory, he reigns powerfully, he reigns eternally. And fourthly tonight, he reigns triumphantly. Triumphantly. The floods have lifted up, O Lord. The floods have lifted up their voice. The floods lift up their waves. The Lord on high is mightier than the noise of many waters, than the mighty waves of the sea. The new living has it like this. The floods have risen up, O Lord. The floods have roared like thunder. The floods have lifted their pounding waves. But mightier than the violent raging of the seas, mightier than the breakers on the shore, the Lord above is mightier than these. Church, the Lord is mightier than these. Here David uses something that we all know about, we are all aware of, something that has great power and great might, something that can cause untold destruction and can be in many circumstances catastrophic. He speaks of the floods. He speaks of many waters and the waves. Church, we all know how powerful the sea can be. We all know how destructive and catastrophic the sea can be. And so does David. And he wants to use this picture, this description, to show us how mighty and how triumphant our God is. He writes, the floods have lifted up their voice. They roar like thunder. The floods lift up their waves, the pounding waves. Church, I'll be honest, I don't like being in the water. I do not like being in deep water. I don't like being out at sea. But I can tell you with certainty that I do not want to be in the sea when it's like this. Because the sea can be so strong, it can be powerful, it can be a mighty force. You've all seen what, can it, what it can do. David writes in the next verse that the sea can become violent, and it can. It can become destructive. It can become fierce and raging. He uses the phrase, the noise of many waters. These mighty waves that break onto the shore, perhaps causing all kinds of devastation. But David says, the Lord is mightier than these. The Lord is mightier and he is stronger than any wave of the sea. No matter how strong, how big, how violent or how destructive, whatever power and strength is contained within our oceans and seas, when they're violent and raging, the Lord has more and he is more. And the Lord reigns triumphantly. Nothing can take his power away. No foe or force can remove him from his throne. No nation or people, any false god or pagan idol has the power to remove him. No man can remove him because he's unshakable and he is unmovable. He reigns in glory. He reigns in power. He reigns for all eternity. He reigns triumphantly. And lastly and fifthly, he reigns truthfully. He reigns in truth and in holiness. Verse five, your testimonies are very sure. Holiness adorns your house, O Lord, forever. 
The contemporary English version has it like this. Your decisions are firm and your temple will always be beautiful and holy. And here David brings this short psalm to your close with wonderful words of truth concerning the Lord, concerning Yahweh, concerning Jehovah, the Lord God. This Lord who reigns in majesty, who reigns in power, in honor, glory, in triumph and dignity, he also rules and reigns in truth and in holiness. Truth and holiness. David writes, your testimonies, Lord, your witness is true. They are very sure. Your royal laws, your royal decrees cannot be changed. What you have set down in your statutes and commands and laws, they cannot be changed. He writes that the testimonies of the Lord are very sure, very sure. Church, sure is firm, it's true, it's steadfast, it's permanent, it's of long continuance. And I love the contemporary English translation here that we just read. Your decisions are firm. Your decisions are firm. Whatever you have decided, Lord, will never be and can never be changed. You see, church, whatever God has decided, whatever God has decreed, man cannot change it. Man cannot turn it around. God has done it in his wisdom and that is the way it will stay forever because his testimonies are forever sure and forever steadfast. And what about that beautiful phrase that David gives us as he brings this song, this wonderful psalm to a close? He writes, holiness adorns your house, O Lord, forever. Or as our earlier reading had it, sacredness adorns your house, O eternal one, forevermore. Church, the Lord is holy. He alone is holy. His house is holiness. He lives in holiness and in sacredness. He is surrounded and adorned with that truth and that holiness. His house is adorned and it's decorated with holiness and with sacredness. Church, he is the perfect picture and example of what it is to be holy, to be set apart, to be sacred, to be, consecra to be consecrated. And he lives in this house, this house that's decorated with holiness and sacredness forever. He lives in it forever. I like the new living. Your reign, O Lord, is holy forever and ever, with an exclamation mark. Your reign, O Lord, is holy forever and ever. And the contemporary English, your temple will always be beautiful and holy. Where God is, where the Lord is, there will always be beauty and holiness. Wherever he goes, beauty and holiness follow close behind him. And one day we will see this beauty and this holiness face to face. We will see his glory in all its fullness. We will see the beauty and the holiness of the one who is ruling and reigning over all. What a perfect way, church, for David to close this beautiful psalm that we have the wonderful privilege of reading and studying and enjoying together this evening. Church, if you missed it tonight, let me make it plain and simple for you. The Lord reigns. The Lord reigns. He reigns gloriously, he reigns powerfully, he reigns eternally, he reigns triumphantly, and he reigns truthfully. He reigns forever and ever and ever in this house of holiness, and he is wrapped all around in glory, honor, power, majesty, and beauty. He is eternal, he is all-powerful, clothed in majesty, armed with strength, and he has all authority in heaven and on the earth. 
Can I read just one more passage before we sing together? I want to close with a few verses from Psalm 96. And this is the exhortation I want to leave with you as you go into your week, as you go to work tomorrow, as you get up and start a new day. This is Psalm 96, verses 4 to 9 from God's words. God's word translation. Thanks, Cameron. The Lord is great. He should be highly praised. He should be feared more than other gods. Because all the gods of the nations are idols, the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are in his presence. Strength and beauty are in his holy place. Give to the Lord, you families of the nations. Give to the Lord glory and power. Give to the Lord the glory he deserves. Bring an offering and come into his courtyards. Worship the Lord in his holy splendor. Tremble in his presence all the earth. Is there one more, Cameron? Yeah, so just that last section. Worship the Lord in his holy splendor. Tremble in his presence, all the earth. Church, give to the Lord the glory he deserves. Give it to him because he's deserving of it. Bring an offering to him and then come into his courts, into his presence and worship in his holy splendor. That's what I want you to do this week and for the rest of your walk with the Lord. Worship the Lord. Praise the Lord. Church, I hope you've been blessed by the word tonight. Thank you so much for coming on and listening and being blessed by the word. I do pray you've been blessed by it tonight. We're just going to sing one or two songs together as we close our online service tonight.